The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We don't have much time here as we're going to do a running diary of the Brewers and Giants in extra innings. And that will happen here in a very short minute. We're getting ready for extras. The Brewers are headed into the 10th inning as we tape. Uh, make sure you find us on Tapping the Keg on Twitter. Tapping the Keg Sports on Instagram as well. As TikTok, we'll talk about some other things after the Brewers' uh, extra innings. So we start with Luis Urias at the plate. Christian Yelich actually going to be the runner on second base. A lot of discussion today about the Brewers and their runners in scoring position and everything like that. It's been a huge topic of conversation. The Brewers have left many men on base. Like, we could do a dub to uh, 50 Cent. Like, many men wish death upon me. Except for the Brewers, it would be many men are on base. I don't know. That's fucking cheesy. But you get my point. Like, it's been brutal tonight. I think the Brewers have 12 hits, and they only have two runs. Uh, Hunter Renfro had their first extra base hit, which was in the ninth inning off Duvall, who is still on the mound, which is kind of nuts as a closer. You don't usually see guys go two innings. Uh, Josh Hader refuses. Must be nice. But, you know, that's guess there. Oh, that might have hit him. Let's see here. Did it hit his bat? Oh, it hit his bat. Son of a bitch. Luis Urias. Fun fact about Luis Urias. He's one of the worst hitters for the Brewers with runners in scoring position. So maybe I'm jinxing him here. But Luis Urias, I think, is hitting under 200 uh, with runners in scoring position. So as mentioned, as we talked about, runners in scoring position has been a topic of conversation uh, with the fans, right? Like, it's it's going to be a huge topic tomorrow with all the shows because the Brewers were absolutely dog shit with runners in scoring position. I pulled some numbers, and it was really interesting. The Brewers are actually, like, the top team in OPS um, with runners in scoring position. That's extremely hard to believe. That almost makes it a Fugazi stat. They are 25th in hits. They're second in home runs. 18th in RBIs. Only 20th in strikeouts. Luis Urias nearly added to that. 2-2 two and two now uh, on Duvall if you're following along. I realize that some of you have watched this game. You understand that. So I'm not trying to be Brian Anderson because Brian Anderson is the GOAT. Well, not the GOAT. It gets overused. He's very good at what he does. Um, so I enjoy Brian Anderson. You guys have, again, if you had already listened to this, I have no idea how this is going to sound. Like I, I'm totally doing this off the cuff. I'm trying something different. It's Friday. It, we don't usually get a lot of lessons on Friday summer shows, so why not? Why not try something new? Uh, I always loved, oh, Urias right at the first baseman. So one out. I was a little sort of Texas leaguer just right at the first baseman. Kind of limping too, so I hope he's hope he's all right. Hopefully there's, there's nothing there. Uh, as you know, you kind of are feeling the pain as you're getting down to the end right before the All-Star break. But the reason why I decided to do this, because I was like, A, I need, needed to get the podcast going. Like, I just needed to start the podcast. Like, that was number one. Uh, but number two was that I always loved Bill Simmons' uh, diary, like, running diaries that he would do. Uh, I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan, as you probably know. I've talked about it a few times on the podcast. But Bill Simmons would always do these running diaries, and he would basically, like, put timestamps on the games, and then he'd talk about that moment talk about what he was feeling with the batter up and everything like that usually it was a basketball occasionally football i don't know if he ever did any baseball running diaries i'm sure he did with the boston red sox when he was like really into it i mean he wrote a whole book on the red sox so i'm sure there's a running diary in there so ride Telez is up one out uh duvall still on the mound the brewers have double barrel action in their bullpen 
It's either Brent Suter or Devin Williams. Uh, Brent Suter almost feels like you're waving the white flag. They don't have Josh Hader tonight. He's down. I think that makes a lot of sense, honestly. Uh, just with the way Hader's been pitching, I think he needs a night off. So that was a good call, I think, by Craig Council. Felt like Council has actually managed this game pretty well. I know he's been getting a lot of shit recently, but I do think what Council's doing has been good, or did, I guess. That's better grammatical of it. But I thought Council did a good job tonight. Like, Corbin Burns pitched eight innings. It was start, The wheels kind of started to fall off. He didn't let Corbin Burns kind of get through it. He was like, all right, we're pulling you out. Hobie Miller comes in the game. Hobie Miller shot it down. He did really well. Same with Trevor Gott. Uh, but Milner also forced Jock Peterson out of the out of the baseball game, and that was that was really I think a huge part of this, especially as this thing goes further and further into the night. And who knows? We could be doing this for a full ten minutes. We could do this for twenty minutes, the whole thing. But yeah, I think that the Brewers are definitely a little bit better with runners in scoring position than they're kind of given credit for. It's weird, like. Your brain tells you one thing, but when you look at the numbers, they tell you an entirely different thing. I think it's all about how you approach baseball. Of course, like the stat heads, the nerds are going to look at the stats and say, well, the stats tell you that the Brewers are actually okay with runners in scoring position. But then you watch on TV and you've seen how many guys they've stranded the night. Ryan Telez just took a big cut for one and two. Like you see that type of shit and you're like, well, it doesn't it doesn't correlate it doesn't line up so what is it like and maybe it's just a bad stretch maybe it's that the brewers kind of have a thing where it's contagious hits like i would really love to dive deeper into this i have no time to do such things you're like charlie do this on your own you have a podcast you have a platform you can easily do this but i would really love to see like how often do the brewers get runs in scoring position and like it's double right like Adamus gets a hit, then Telez follows up with a hit of his own, and all of a sudden it's just like a come fiesta of runs. I have no idea, like, right? I have no clue if that's what it is or if it's that one big hit. But that's what seems to be missing is that one big hit, even though the stats tell us that the Brewers do get that one big hit more often than we think they do. It's it's fascinating, honestly. It's torture. It's torturous as a Brewer fan, but it's fascinating in its own right. So two and two on Telez. Duvall's a really interesting pitcher. I actually have him on my NL Keeper League uh, team. He's not been that great um, this month. Not not as bad as what we've seen out of Josh Hader. Uh, but he's, he's not necessarily had a great year. But dude throws fucking gas. Has a great slider. Definitely like a promising young closer in the game of baseball. Uh, potential, I think, through the roof. I don't think they're going to make him a starter. I don't know enough to, to know that. D- Duvall nearly hits uh, to Les there. Now it's 3-2. So Roddy worked the count back. Nice, nice. We'll see how it goes. I don't know if you guys feel this way watching Giants games. I, first of all, I love watching uh, the Brewers play in San Francisco. Uh, one of those great parks that's just enjoyable to watch. We did the tap list of parks you don't want to watch your team the Giants would definitely be in that list of top top tier. Uh, right there with like Pittsburgh is really enjoyable. I think anytime, I actually low-key like watching games when the Brewers are at Wrigley. I, that might be sacrilegious to say, but I, I find there's something special about Wrigley. I actually could have had a chance to go down to Wrigley this Sunday to watch the Mets and Cubs game. Uh, my guy fan, who's a Cubs fan, has tickets. And I just probably would have went because... 
Mets are a fun team. They're a team to watch this year. Um, I've watched enough Brewers, right, where I can do something a little bit different and probably be kind of an interesting experience and definitely something we could use for content to be like, what's it like watching a game where you, you don't have a vested interest? Ryan Telez takes a walk here. So now we have runners on first and second. One out. Brewers are really trying to punish us. Duvall is at 27 pitches. So I, I wonder how long they're going to be sticking with Duvall. Colton Long. Oh, no. Yeah, it was Colton Long. He's shaved. That's good. Yeah, that is Colton Long. After a second there, I was like, is that Chase Peterson? But no, that's Colton Long. The good news, I guess, about this game, because we still got a long way to go, right? No matter what happens to Colton Long, we still have another, another half inning. Uh, but... The Brewers, no matter what happens tonight, they don't lose a game on the St. Louis Cardinals. I do think the Brewers fall farther behind, potentially getting that second seed. It's really important. I think it's going to take a miracle. It's going to take, not maybe not a miracle, that's dramatic, but it's going to take the Brewers getting red hot, you know, in the month of August or the month of September to potentially get that second seed. I mean, that second seed is vital, right? Because then you get that buy. You don't have to necessarily deal with a team like the Cardinals, the Giants. Even though the Padres are three games up, they're really not playing good baseball. So I'd throw the Padres into that mix, the Phillies. Like you want to avoid that team. And I think the Brewers would be very beneficial to avoid at all costs. Oh, Glounder Wong did not beat it out. Man, Colt Wong is not as fast as it used to be. I feel like Colt Wong two years ago, three years ago would have beat that out. Uh, they did move the runners to second and third, which is great. It just setting up for as big of a dick punch as we're going to get, right? Like this, if how this game is gone for tonight, it, the Brewers are not going to do shit. It's going to be a strikeout. I'll be curious if they keep with Duvall. Um, but I, I do think Wong beats that. It was a great uh, barehanded play by Thiago Estrada, though, uh, the second baseman for the Giants. Definitely a talented second baseman. I think he's one of their top prospects. So a guy where the Giants just keep pumping out talent. Uh, but I I think Wong, the kind of his timeline with the Brewers is probably done after this year. I don't really see a reunion there. Bryce Trang probably ready to be a big leaguer. Um, so I think that they'll have a combination of Trang and Adamas next year, whether Trang plays short and Adamas plays second. I personally think that's where the Brewers should probably go. Jonathan Davis up. Uh, I've been actually really impressed with Jonathan Davis this week. Um, knowing that, he won't get a big hit. But I feel like Jonathan Davis is kind of figuring it out a little bit. Uh, it takes a big rip. Uh, so now our 0-2 ass fully in the jackpot with the way Duvall pitches. This is just setting up perfectly, man. This is setting up for exactly what we expected. We, we totally saw this coming. It, the frustration of the runners in scoring position, everything else. It just hopefully Johnny can make some contact. I I hate strikeouts. They are just worse than anything. High, right on the corner. I, I don't know about that. That was a uh, tight one. Uh, good take by uh, Davis, but man, that I think's been called a strike a couple times. Uh, actually, you know what? It was a ball. The catcher did a really good job framing it. Um, so credit to him. I think that might be Joey Bart. Uh, he did a very good job framing that one, but that was definitely not a strike. Now Bart steps out for God knows what reason. A little bit of chicanery, if you will, uh, from all these guys. So we'll, we'll we'll get set back into the box here with Davis. One, two. Is, will we be disappointed? Will we have the disappointment of Jonathan Davis letting us down here in a clutch moment? 
Probably should have put this on like Twitter or Instagram Live just for the fuck of it, right? Should just go live, why not? But and I, I'm like I'm decent, like I'm in a t-shirt. Davis, oh, it's gonna he's gonna oh they score a run. Just made contact. Like we said, just made contact. Gets one just in the middle. Davis has kind of just been doing that. Yelich scores. Brewers are up three to two. Now let's see if they can add it. Let's see if they can add another run. We gotta gotta get a treat off. If you don't think that I'm gonna do a review live on the podcast, you have another you have another thing coming. I love the fact that he put the ball in play. Like I I, I said something like last, I don't know, about an hour ago. I was like, I'm starting to kind of feel something for Jonathan Davis. I wasn't the biggest Jonathan Davis guy, but like he's played really well this last week. Like it feels like every time there has been a big moment, Jonathan Davis has kind of stepped up. Now I bet he'll take second here. Why not, right? I mean, McCutcheon's up, so maybe not. McCutcheon has been the Brewers' most clutch hitter uh, this year. So if that's, if anyone's curious on that, as he swings right through, Gabe Kapler really pushing Duvall here. Or Duvall, I guess. Uh, you want to say Duvall, like Robert Duvall, or do you have a brother? Did Robert Duvall have a brother? I th- I feel like Robert Duvall had a brother. I'll have to look that up later. We'll have facts, facts and research do that. But yeah, uh, Duvall, he, I am really surprised he's still out here. He's probably unavailable for tomorrow's game. So I guess that's a a positive, even if this goes sideways. So you're going to get Devin Williams on three days. So that's little, it's a little nervous, right? You're a little nervous of, Devo- of uh, Devin Williams for three straight days. But yeah, I, I think that vibes should be a little high here. I would love an insurance run. As my guy KFC says of Barcelona Sports, insurance runs are better than sex. Like you, you can't deny that. Like you just can't. Like insurance runs, there's I think no greater feeling as a not I should say as a baseball fan, probably not. That's a little dramatic. But no, seriously, like the idea of a insurance run is just such a good feeling, especially in a game like this. Like I, I said, today is kind of been a shit show for the Brewers. Not one you think they're gonna win. They still got a long way to go. I realize Devin's been great. Duvall now three and one, 37 pitches. That's fucking nuts. This definitely his last batter. So maybe he gives McCutcheon something. I would love a two-run homer. I, I realize we're asking a lot. The thin air, you usually don't see a lot of home runs late in San Francisco would be a brutal beat for my underbackers. I did not bet this game, if anyone's curious. It was the Brewers were favored by, I, ooh, good pitch by Duvall. Slider, McCutcheon was definitely sitting uh, fastball. Uh, he That was a bad swing by Kutch. But, you know, it happens, right? You, you expect the pitch, it's not the pitch, and then you swing right through it. So you got three and two, uh, two outs, and so we'll see what happens here. Oh, yeah, followed it off. We're staying alive, staying alive. I, I realize that I can't pause. Like, it'll be cut in post-production, but I like to a pause. Like, I can't fucking pause. I just got to keep talking. So I'm like, I'm like I got to do another inning of this, and we're already at the 15-minute uh, mark. But no, I'll, I'll find a way. When there's a will, there's a way. Um, speaking of, so yes, as I was kind of talking about, uh, if McCutcheon were to homer here, uh, the over would go and it was a six and a half a lot of people actually kind of liked it i do not bet six and a half unders like i am not a wild man maybe you would have kind of bought the extra run so you go up to seven as sort of a protection because seven not bad right mccarthy files another one off for those curious but yeah i i would have probably went up to seven i didn't touch this game i, I didn't like this one 
I feel like a pussy for not putting money down on the Royals uh, plus 300. I thought it was way too high of a line with Gosman coming back. I took the run line, which was plus 175. And if you guys don't gamble, what the run line is, is it's plus one and a half or minus one and a half, depending on the favorites. Usually the lines are kind of juiced in favor of like a one run game. But if they feel really confident in a team or people are really betting the run line, you'll see weird odds. McCutcheon strikes out, so it'll stay three to two with Devin Williams because why why wouldn't it, right? Why wouldn't it? Happy for my underbackers. Uh, we'll see what, what can happen with D. Will. Uh, so this will be his third uh, time, third straight day. Um, also to another positive, we'll get Yelich back tomorrow. I mean, if he's pinch running, I feel pretty good about that. I feel like feel like we can get another Christian Yelich appearance tomorrow, which would definitely help the lineup. Um, and I think going back to Jonathan Davis, like I, I think Jonathan Davis has to stay on the Brewers roster. I mean, there's no reason why the Brewers need to keep three catchers. Like having three catchers right now is fucking ridiculous. Like I kind of don't know what Omar Narvaez did. Like I realize Omar's not having a great year. Definitely a little bit of a sophomore slump from his origin, his first year with the Brewers. It seemed like Omar Narvaez like shit in Craig Council's closet, like a la Najee Davenport. And when they asked him if he defecated, he's like, no, it's poop. Real sorry about Najee Davenport. I'm sure you guys know it, but if you don't, for some reason, like that, that is a A, A plus story. By the way, just a sidebar. So I have Bally on, I stream it. Um, and Bally always shows these volleyball highlights because they do, uh, they have volleyball and Bally sports and their announcer is so fucking annoying. He's like, Pearson is the man. It's like, shut up, dude. You're doing fucking volleyball, all right? Like, you're not you're not doing a major sport. No one gives a flying fuck about professional volleyball. Shout out to my volleyball guys, my guy Mach. That was not a dig at him for sure. They We care about that kind of volleyball. We do not care about that bullshit. That's almost as annoying as the Brad Evans guy who does, like, the rally, or he does the bet show on Bally. And he, he's like, oh, give me this, give me that. They've stopped running that ad a little bit. Full moon tonight also uh, as they pan that in San Francisco. Uh, the moon tonight in Milwaukee was fantastic. Like great moon, 10 out of 10 moon. If I had to do a moon review, definitely an A. I did a Tyler Harrow review of his awful tattoo. It's on TikTok and Instagram. You can go check that out, Tabby the Keg Sports, uh, when you, as you're listening to this. All right, so we have Devin Williams. We have it's his third straight. Um, Devin Williams, as you know, should be an all star. We talked about it on I think it was Monday's show, right? Yeah, we did it on Monday's show talking about Devin Williams all star case. I also did a social thing on it, kind of a clip from the podcast, if you will. Um, Narvaez, speak of the devil, he's now behind the plate for the Brewers, which makes sense. I think you'd want Narvaez versus. Uh, Carantini, definitely a better defensive catcher. I realize that it's a little bit of an oxymoron because Narvaez is not necessarily known for his defense, but I think it's much improved. And the Brewers have done a great job. I think Manny Pena deserves a ton of credit for the help he had with Narvaez last season. So we have Brandon Crawford on the mound uh, up. Uh, he's one through three. Usual Brewer killer. My fun fact about Brandon Crawford is I was at his first game uh, at Miller Park, and he had a grand slam off us. Spurs got their asses kicked in that game. Uh, but Crawford has a chance to tie this thing right back up. Good hitter. I mean, he's batting only 219 this year. Hasn't really had the season. 
I think that you'd expect. He's also getting up there in age, though. He's 34 years old. A lot chunkier than I remember. Like, I I always thought he was kind of fit. Like, definitely looks like he's added at least, I don't know, 10 pounds. But maybe that's just me projecting. Uh, late night, who knows. It's a lot going on here. William's taking taking his time. Uh, it's a little, again, a little chicanery, uh, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, Crawford has been known to... Uh, Hurt the Brewers in the past. Like he he started on a path of Brewer killers. You know, he started his killing streak early. Let's just put it that way, right? Like it's that grand slam. He's been a thorn in the Brewer side in the past. And I do not have stats to back that up. That's just, you know who are Brewer killers and who are not Brewer killers. Crawford drives one out. It looks like it's right at McCutcheon. Or, yep, that's yeah, McCutcheon. There you go. One out. All right, here we go. So only two pitches for Williams. That's nice, considering the fact that he's, again, as mentioned, has pitched a lot this week. So hopefully be a short one. Hopefully Devin can get through here. And we got two more batters. I don't know who's the ninth hitter for the Giants. Wade will be your your uh, top of the order. So we got Austin Wins, uh, catcher. So he was at behind. It wasn't Joy Bart. That was wrong. First missed fact check. I think I'm going to get fact checked a lot. He's not behind the plate when the Giants are up. Oh, no, he is because he distracts them. Lucille, their mascot. Kind of want to fight him. I don't know why. Just kind of has a punchable face. I usually like mascots. I think like the uh, rivalry between Big Cat and Blooper, the Braves mascot, is hilarious. And, but, and Blooper's a weird-looking fucker. But I, I, oh, just stole third base. What the fuck? So, that, so we just completely ignore the guy at second base and he steals fucking third. No one's paying attention. Absolutely nobody. Not a soul. Just, God, that's bad baseball. I, that's the type of shit, right, where I wonder how smart the Brewers are. Like, I, I really do think the Brewers are a dumb baseball team. Like, I know that's condescending. I know that's rude. But, like, I just think the Brewers do so much dumb bullshit. Like, I, I really, I really truly do. Uh, I think they do a lot, a lot of dumb stuff. Now, if this thing goes to 11, we're already, what are we? We're already, we're already 22 minutes in this podcast. And if I have to do another inning of this, could get dicey. Uh, I, I think the Braves and the Nationals went 12 innings over the weekend. Oh, we went. Yeah, there you go. Okay, one and two. Uh, it was a check swing. We got a favorable review there from the first base ump. Mr. Wins did not think it. Austin Wins is a good baseball name. Like that's like you know when you name your kid Austin and your last name was Wins, like you were gonna have an athlete. Like whether it was football, or like I could see Austin Wins being a quarterback for Texas, right? Like I, I definitely, definitely see that. Uh, but yeah, you know you're having, you know you're having a successful thing with that. So one two here for Williams tries to get him to chase on a changeup. I, uh, I really like the YouTube broadcast on, what was that, Wednesday? Yes, they played yesterday on YouTube, uh, which is great because then I don't have to turn on the Bally app. I, I actually don't hate the Bally app as much as a lot of people do. Don't tell anybody. But, like, the Bally app kind of works for me. There was, like, one game where it did not work, and it was a complete disaster. But they were having glitches, like, all over the place. So it wasn't, like, just me that was having problems with Bally. We all were having problems with Bally. So... You can escape that high pitch. Wins fouls it off, so he's working Williams. So I, I clearly jinxed this. Like I clearly jinxed the idea of Williams having a short, short uh, outing. 
So anyways, uh, back to what I was saying with the YouTube stuff. So YouTube, they would their broadcast would show you the pitch. Like say be like, all right, so Williams' first pitch was a fastball. Second pitch was a changeup. So you like could see the sequencing. Like it was very, it was very nice. Like you can tell based on speed and sometimes the motion. Like I'm not quick enough to understand like, oh, that was a changeup or oh, that was a fastball. But I, I just liked it. Well, I could tell that was a changeup because that was fucking filthy. Oh my God, sit down, Austin wins. So he goes down. He was on one knee. Bend that fucking knee. Unbelievable pitch by Devin Williams. Just absolutely absurd. The bottom just fell right the fuck out of that thing. Oh my God, that thing is pure sex. Like, I definitely want to fuck that pitch. Like, no lie. Uh, okay, so last. So, okay, we got two outs. Here we go. Lamonte Wade, he's been a clutch hitter. Uh, I think Brian Anderson mentioned he has late night Wade was his uh, thing yes last year. So this will definitely definitely test the Brewers. So all right, just stay focused. Let's go. We got two outs here. Oop, nah, nah, strike. Narvaez did a good job of framing that. You have a base open. Um, so and I think Peterson had a pinch hitter, so you don't have Jock Peterson. So I think it's Austin Slater as your second hitter. Uh, there's Jock's big fat face. Uh, they panned to him. Jock, Jock to me, I bet I would probably weigh right around. Nah, he doesn't weigh that much. But Jock, Jock's a fat dude. Like, you just call how you see it. Like, he's a fat boy. All right? Like, that's fine. Dude probably gets, just eats a lot of seafood. Okay, strike one there. So now we're at one and one to Wade, who's 0 for 3 tonight. It's been, it's been a fun game. And I don't know. I, I, I like this. I'm having a lot of fun. Like, I, I can't believe we're 25 minutes into the podcast. I actually am very thankful I did this. I realize that I'm coming back to jinx this if this doesn't go go well for us. But I, I like it. I hope you guys do too. You might absolutely fucking hate it. And you're like, Charlie, never do this again. But you got to be... Okay, Wade hits one. It's in the air. We have a Brewers win. Review time here, upcoming. Tapping the cake! Brewers review. What a fucking win for the Milwaukee Brewers. That is what you want. This game looked like it was going to be one of those frustrating nights for the Milwaukee Brewers. Nothing was going right. The Brewers were leaving more guys on base than any team in baseball felt like. But they found a way. They kept grinding. Really good pitching from Corbin Burns. Then the bullpen. Devin Williams, fantastic in the 10th inning. Jonathan Davis kept coming up with big moments. This could be something that turns it around. Something that gets you hot for the next couple of weeks. Ride this momentum. Ride this wave. I am so glad I stayed up and watched the boys. Can't wait to do it again tomorrow. Go Brewers. All right, so a little bit about how the sausage is made now. We'll post that to Twitter. I will not post that to Instagram or TikTok. You might be like, why? Why wouldn't you want to react right in the moment? The reason why is because no one's on fucking Instagram and Twitter. Or no one's on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, no one's really on Twitter right now either. I mean, some people are up watching the Open Championship, which if I had Peacock, we'd be flipping right over to that. But... Uh, because it, Twitter is so in the moment, you have to, you just have to get it out right away. You just have to. What an absolute win, dude. What, what a great win. The boys are buzzing. We're feeling good. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed 
that audio diary. Um, I'm now probably not going to be able to sleep for at least a half an hour. Um, that's gonna. That's one of those that just keeps you up for a while, right? You can't just go to bed after that. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to sleep after that win? And we did the podcast about late night baseball after the Padres loss. Uh, what was that? I think that was in mid-May, right? And this is a lot better. This feels a lot better. Uh, man, great win for the Brewer Like I said in the review, um, I just hope this kind of turns the tides. Like, I, I really do. I know it's one game. I realize that it's it's not going to... Don't have, like, a bunch of games. You're going to have four days. It would be very ironic if the Brewers had a four-game sweep of the Giants and they go on the All-Star break. All of a sudden, the Brewers start building some momentum. It's like, okay, JK, we're now in the All-Star game. But it would be, I think, really just to kind of dial back a little bit, just winning two straight games would be great. Brewers have not won two straight games, gosh, since the Rays, right? Since the Rays, they have not won two straight. And that's it's kind of incredible, right? Like, it's kind of incredible that they have sort of just been back and forth, 500 baseball, really, since the start of the month. And can they develop some consistency? You do get Woodruff on the mound tonight. So that will that'll be a good sign. And be up there with you. I'm actually going to be in Green Bay um, for a family weekend with my wife's family. Um, but they're big baseball fans, and I'm definitely going to stay up and watch the Brewers. Uh, probably to my wife's dismay. My wife's going to be like, what the fuck? I'm like, nah. Got to watch the Brewers. Um, it's supposed to be a very nice place. I'm very excited for it. So hopefully I'll be able to watch it in quiet, and maybe some of the other people will join me, and we can we can chat it up, and then I'll embarrass myself doing a review. But that's, you know, it's all on a day's work, right? You can't can't not embarrass yourself doing doing a review. That's, that's part of the game, right? So... Trying to think if I have anything else to talk about. Like, that took a lot out of me. Uh, the diary itself. Uh, I did take a gander at Summer League uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. It was really nice stuff. I thought the Bucks played really well. Uh, another really solid game from Marjan Bochamp. He wasn't necessarily perfect offensively, but the guy was hustling his ass on defense. He was making plays. Uh, you know, not necessarily doing everything with the ball. I really just love what the Bucks have with Bochamp. I know it's Summer League. I realize it's a glorified pickup game, but at the same time, you have to be impressed. You have to be impressed that and know that there is something there. And I do really believe that Mike Boonholzer and John Horst are going to play him. I, I really think that's the case. Someone pointed out the fact that Bochamp was right there with Jalen Green when it came to like top prospects. And then COVID kind of fucked everything up. The Bucks really could have got a diamond in the rough here. Like, I, I think that what's interesting is this is exactly what Mitch and I talked about, right? Like, Mitch and I discussed this at length, like, really throughout the draft process, throughout the Warriors run, where we're like, you just have to take chances on guys. You just have to take chances on guys that are have actual athletic ability that maybe are a distressed asset. And sure enough, that's exactly what Mar- Marshawn Bochamp is. And the Bucks got one. And I think that's the really exciting thing. Now, will there be some frustration on if he might not play a lot? Yeah, it's possible. Like, we were going to do this whole frustration index podcast, which we're not going to do because it's we're already 35 deep, 30, 30-ish deep, whatever it may be. Like, Bochamp it is probably going to be the frustration for Bucks fans because he won't play as much as they want him to, right? Especially early on. 
Like I think they're gonna kind of keep Bochamp in the garage. I will get ahead of this take a little bit. I'll I'll go on the island. I wouldn't be surprised they keep him in the garage till Christmas. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, look at this Lexus we have. You know, like the the commercials you see all the time. Like the fucking bow and the women runs out. It's like, oh my God, you got me a Lexus. Like that's Marshawn Bochamp, right? Like that, to me, that is what I think they're going to do. Like I, I really do. I think that's going to kind of be the plan. Um, maybe not exactly on Christmas, but just that first month, I think you'll have a lot of fan frustration. Like you'll have a free Bochamp hashtag probably. But I swear to you, I think it's going to be something that's a slow drip, and then you'll start seeing him. Now, if Bochamp doesn't get minutes like into January, then yeah, it's a fucking issue, and we'll, we'll have to talk about it. But I think people act like Bud just hates rookies. I, I think that's untrue. Like I, Dante Vincenzo played a lot in his rookie year, and I think that actually would be a good topic to explore is look at like what the Bucks have done with rookies, right? How much is that accurate and how much is that fake? Uh, because I, I think that people forget that Dante had a significant role on his team. Now, granted, the Bucks were not where they are today. They didn't have Drew Holiday. They didn't have Bro- I had Brooke Lopez. But they didn't necessarily have the same team that they do now. So it's, it's a little different. But still, that's besides the point. Lindell Wigington has been interesting in Summer League. I think there might be a roster spot for him. I think you could make a case, maybe. Did the Bucks not go after a backup point guard because Lindell Wigington is that guy? Now, Lindell Whittington and Javon Carter is a little bit dicey, I will admit. Like, that is kind of yikes.com. Um, just, like, I like Javon. I, I think Javon's great. I think he needs to just build his confidence a little bit. Like, he just needs to tell himself he's he's a guy. Like, in that he has that dog in him, which I'm so mad that it's overused. That That's a Chuck's Corner topic. I, I know I do this a lot in the podcast. I need, like, someone tracking, like, things that I say. Like, we need a Chuck tracker, all right? Like track what I say. Um, this would be really helpful if I had a producer, right? Like if I had somebody who was right here, he or she just keeping track of all this stuff, but like, are you going to do how much you hate the fact that dog has gotten basically abused since, you know, PJ Tucker? Yeah, I hate it. I hate the fact that it were at like Michael Vick status with, he's got a dog in him. That sucks. That was like PJ Tucker's thing. That absolutely fucking blows that we don't have that available to us anymore. But anyways, yes, Carter does have the dog in him for sure. But I do think sometimes offensively, he's like, oh, I'm not supposed to shoot. Like I'm supposed to give it to Giannis. Or I'm supposed to give it to Chris. It's like, dude, if you got the shot, just shoot it. Like You're a decent shooter. Like Take it. And that's what I think they need to work on. And now the George Hill piece of this, I no idea what they're going to do with George Hill. I think, I thought it was interesting. I saw this. It was actually going to be a topic potential for today. It was John Hort saying that we're not running it back, even though they're exactly doing that. They have their entire team from last year. So how are you not running it back with the guys? I guess I would offer this, and I tweeted this out, but to kind of add a little more explanation here, they might be running it back in October, but they're not running it back in February. They're not might not running it back in May, in March, right? Like they are running it back currently, but when the chips are down, when trades are available, when buyout guys are there, this team could look a lot different. Team could look a lot different in, at Christmas, right? Like, what's to say the Bucks don't look at Grayson Allen and George Hill and say, all right, we're going to flip them for a little bit of a better bench asset. That still could happen this offseason, by the way. Like, I know that we think all these moves have happened, but Aiden just does the deal today. Donovan Mitchell trade stuff is bubbling. 
there's a lot of free agency left. The Jazz have basically said everybody who's a veteran is available, so they're having a fire sale. I'm not a big Jordan Clarkson guy. I know there are other people who like Jordan Clarkson. I just... I've, I just do not see him as a winning basketball player. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I get the guy's bucket. I get that he's fucking, can it be that microwave player that the Bucks have missed? I just don't look at Jordan Clarkson when the chips are down that Jordan Clarkson is going to be a teammate. Now you can be like, Giannis is going to mold him. Giannis is going to change this. I hear you. And I, I could maybe buy that. But I do wonder, like, in a big moment, is Jordan Clarkson going to look at this and say, have to distribute. I have to get the ball to Giannis or Chris or Drew. Or is he going to look at it and say it's Jordan Clarkson time? That's that's my worry. I just also don't see him as a bug guy. But that would be the guy that would be available that you'd look at for the Jazz. I think Mike Connolly is beyond washed. I mean, Mike Connolly is basically a classier version. Not classier. Let's, let's look for that. Classier wasn't the right word. I also hate that word. Let's look. Mike Connolly is a rich man's George Hill. Right? Like, Mike Connolly is basically George Hill. He's just, he's more notable. Now, that's exactly what, what Mike Connolly is at this point. Like, he is washed. Like, I, I think if Danny Ainge can get anything for Mike Connolly, that's a fucking great deal for Danny, Danny Ainge. The other part of this, too, with, with Clarkson, dealing with Danny Ainge sucks, man. Danny Ainge does not lose trades. Like, Dan, that's why Danny Ainge gets so close. I have a buddy who always would give Danny Ainge shit. He'd be like, oh, Danny Ainge, like, can't get a big deal done. It's like, no. It's like Danny Ainge doesn't get deals done because he wants to win every time. He's not going to settle for second fiddle. Like he's not going to settle for being a loser on a trade. And so Danny always gets his worth. So yes, it'll be interesting to see what the Bucks do. Uh, that was a little longer on the Bucks, but that's good. Um, I was going to do a tap list on my favorite fruit because I saw something trending that was Fruit Wars 2022. So we'll do it very quickly. I promise you it will not be long. It's already a long podcast. And I gotta go to bed. Fruit Wars 2022. So my top fruits. Um, I'm probably gonna forget one, but number one for me is a banana. I love bananas. I can eat bananas every day. I think they're great. I think they're a great sort of like replacement. You know, they they're just delicious. Um, I you can do no wrong, right? Whether you chop them up, you dip them in some peanut butter, you just eat one. It's a quick, easy fruit. It's I think the fact that it's very accessible. Makes bananas my top pick. Number two is watermelon. Watermelon's delicious. I wish I could eat watermelon the entire year. I love watermelon. How can you not? It's the king of the melons. I think if anyone likes cantaloupe or honeydew over watermelon, they're a fucking serial killer. Just seriously. Like how how do you have you do not have palate? Like that's a trash palate because cantaloupe 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 and honeydew fucking stink. Uh, both uh, low, 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 low. If we did the least favorite fruit, definitely on the least favorite fruit. Honeydew for sure. Cantaloupe, I can kind of tolerate. Number three, I'd have to say apples. Basic bitch answer, but a good apple always plays. Um, you 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 can never go wrong with an apple. Um, and again, same thing. Peanut butter, chop it up. You can cook with them. Apple is a great one. Now, ty- different types of apples matter, though. I would agree. I'm not like my wife who just eats Honeycrisp, of course, because it's the most expensive. Uh, Honeycrisp, Gala, Fuji, all good. Red Delicious, trash apple. That is a trash apple. Just for the record, that is definitely a trash apple. Uh, number four, I'll go with cherries. I like cherries a lot. Um, you don't get to eat cherries enough. The only thing that about cherries that stinks is the pits. So I'm going to actually put cherries at five. Where are we going to go with four? 
I'll say grapes. I think grapes are are the answer. So nothing exotic, nothing like fucking dragon fruit or anything like that. Um, oh, clementines. That's a tough miss. That's a tough old mission. I'll go clementines. Eh. No, I'll go grapes. I'll go green grapes over clementines. But that that is a tough admission. And I like green over red. And that's, I think, kind of driven by my wife. Uh, she likes green grapes. She buys a lot of the fruit in the family. Uh, you could insert a fat joke there. But, yeah, I, I'm going to go with green grapes. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other fruits that I really don't like. This is a hot one. I don't like mangoes. Um, I don't really like the taste of mango. Every now and again, if it's in, like, an IPA or something, it's fine because it's just, like, it's blended into it. It's not a big deal. Um, tomatoes technically a fruit. I don't like tomatoes. Um, like uh, like themselves. Like I like tomato sauce. I eat things with tomatoes in it. I eat a salad with tomatoes. Like I think one of those things. And this is my last thing that I'll leave you with. I'll leave you this for the weekend as you're maybe eating out, maybe trying to do something a little different. Don't like just outright reject things. If you're allergic to it, I get it. But if like you don't like mushrooms, like maybe live a little. Add a couple mushrooms to your pizza. It's not gonna kill you. Like, I don't like mushrooms either, but I'll eat it with stuff in it. Like, I'm not going to just say, oh, I can't eat it because this has mushrooms in it. can't eat it because it has onions in it. I don't get those people. Like, onions, I can put onions in almost every meal. Like, uh, onions are perfect in everything. But, like, tomatoes, I feel the same way. Like, I'm not a huge tomato guy. But I'm not going to just tell somebody I'm not eating this because it has tomatoes on it, right? Like, uh, as I mentioned, I'm living with my own family. They're big, like, sausage and mushroom uh, pizza people. They're probably going to have, we're getting pizza on Friday night. Like there's probably going to be a sausage and mushroom pepperoni or a sausage and mushroom pizza. I'm obviously tired here. So I'm winding down, but I'll eat it. Because why not? It's fucking, it's pizza, right? So anyways, that's my advice. Take you into the weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, This was definitely a different podcast. Uh, Let me know. Uh, Hit me up on social, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. Didn't tell you to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Tabby the Keg on Twitter, on, uh, excuse me, Apple or Spotify. Uh, make sure you do that. Um, you know the deal. If you share it, tell me, share it with your friends. Uh, send me a screenshot on one of the socials. I will buy you a beer at least uh, for the night. So you have a beer on me. All right, take care. Have a good one. And we'll uh, see you Monday. Bye.